What's up? Uh, heads. You didn't have anything there. You said no, you were going to come up with blanked. something. Okay, and you came up, boy. <laughs> I, I just, just want to clearly say here, Spencer told me to stop making jokes about the clap, and so my mind was blank when we started. So I'm just going to put that out there. All right. There's literally nothing else. <laughs> There's literally nothing else to talk about except like really boring bullshit that the audience can't hear. That's the problem with uh, with doing podcasts. You know what? Hey, guys, if you want to know what happens behind the scenes, if you want the full unedited recording of us actually counting down and clapping, let us know in the comments I, below. Okay. <laughs> right. Whatever. Well, really okay. boring bullshit the audience can't hear. Is that the Patreon exclusive? For this week, that's the that's exactly yeah. It's it's the, it's a top it's top secret to after the sad head, you got the sad uh, leg. <laughs> and then it's like it's like Hangman if you've ever played that. You have to spell out a whole word, uh, and then somebody dies. Oh right, like the movie. Yeah, pretty sus, bro. Exactly. That's right. Um, well, welcome, welcome, one and all, to Style and Direction, a menswear podcast. Without the stuffiness. I am your host, Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer, Adi. And I'm not DSO because no, should I introduce my, myself with my you want to? Oh, we'll, we'll get into you. We'll get, we'll get to you. In a okay, minute. okay, I'll go back to my corner. Do you a thing, boys. Yeah, go back. Get get over there. Go go sit with yeah, sorry, sorry, over there. Sorry. Yeah. Um I'm just kidding. We it's it's it, it's a been it's been a long time since we've had a, a guest. Well not really, we had Young Chomsky on. We've How long ago was that? I don't remember. Uh, any everything has been a blur for the last almost a year. That was in July. Okay, that seems like an eternity ago. That's eternity. From here to eternity. Is there a reference there? Or are you just saying the word? <laughs> I'm just—it's an intriguing word. You're just hoping you know, that I riff based on what you said. That's right. It's—it's the, it's the ultimate improv where there is no lead-in. You're just saying words, and then you hope the other person actually figures it out. There you go. I, I okay. I they do don't teach say you that at, at UCB. They don't. Um, Franklin or Sunset. They do teach you that at Second City. Yeah, Second City is famed for that word yeah. association. <laughs> That's right. I do want to say that uh, in my head it did trigger reference because um, so. After I graduated high school, I, I was in college, as people are, okay. uh, and my brother was uh, was in was in high school, and he had to uh, for like this math class. They were like you had to make like a, like a funny like a fun video using a concept. It didn't even have to be serious. It's just like a little fun project to do, extra credit. And he, I think he did limits or something like that. And it was like it was tied to like un, uh, like decoding something, um, but decoding it was a James Bond parody, and so. Um, the title of that was Forever Until Eternity, which is a hilarious Bond parody title. Because if it's it also about, like... Uh, if it is at Limits, why didn't he do the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? Yeah, yeah, I should have told him just to redo that movie. Yeah, it's like, just do the whole thing over again. Then he could do In Time, just for the hell of it. Those movies are kind of like connected in my mind. I don't know if they like came out at the same time or if it's like... Is also, in time the one about like the time traveler who has like no oh, no it's not a time it's your uh, oh. time is money literally and <laughs> oh, how much money right. you have directly correlates to how much time you have left on this earth. See, I'm thinking of the time traveler's wife. Um, what is? I don't really know what that one's about. All I I, I don't know. All I know is that it's. <laughs> I think it's got Rachel McAdams in it, which <laughs> notebook. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. We've, I've never even seen any of these movies before. 
Um, uh, but what I have seen is my brother's movie Forever Till Eternity, which is again limit because it's like you know as the limit approaches infinity, it's a math, it's a whole math thing. Yeah. I wrote a score for it. It's great. Uh, very James Bond because as as some of you know, I it's, it is my uh, one of my small. It's not really a goal. I guess it's a dream uh, to score a James Bond film, and I've done. I've taken every opportunity to score as many Bond parodies that have come into my life as if here's, they were a serious Bond. Here's film. what you gotta hope for. So you still have a couple months before No Time to Die comes out. What you really need to happen is for Hans Zimmer. Uh, Hans Zimmer to get canceled in a similar way to like Kevin Spacey, where they cut him out of uh, all the money. In the oh, world. they literally have to do, like because the score is finished, just like how Kevin yeah. Spacey finished his role, but they had to refill. <laughs> okay, I get it. Now. With Christopher Plummer, <laughs> instead of getting Christopher Plummer, they're like, okay, fuck, we got to redo the entire score for this movie. Who do we got? Ethan. Let's let's go on SoundCloud. Let's look up James Bond parody score. Wait, this guy. Yeah. He's done a film called Forever Till Eternity. That's it. So if I'm anyone knows any dark secrets about Hans Zimmer, uh hey, let us know. Yeah, I wonder what's the lining of his purple corduroy jacket. Speaking of which, I'm gonna get one. Um but anyway, we're not talking about cord this time. We're talking about watches. And who better to talk watches with than with our old pal, even though he's younger than both of us. Our old pal, Algis. Welcome back. Round of applause. Hello, hello. Yeah, uh, nice to be back, boys. Returning champ. Um, I was going to years. say he's our... Yeah, three years. I was going to say he's he's our only returning guest. Of course, that's not true. The Gooch brothers were there. He's our only returning guest who does not live, like, 20 minutes away from us. That's right. Right. Well, How like does that feel? Hours. Feels, yeah. uh... 20 hours? <laughs> Wait, I mean, I guess. Well, okay, I'm gonna car? go on Google Maps. How long does it take yeah. to drive from uh, from Pasadena? I'm just gonna to look Toronto. up Los Angeles to Toronto. Yeah, Los Angeles to Toronto. I will tell you exactly how long that is. Um, yeah, a little behind the scenes peek for you, uh, for you listeners. Though I just came from go. the uh, cone of silence where uh, Ethan and Spencer keep Mass and MJ. And uh, yeah, it's okay, not as, it's not not as bad as they like. say. It's uh, actually quite nicely furnished. That's where all the yes. Patreon money goes to. Yeah. Um, Spencer, Decent do you have an update slides. on that? Um, I wish I did. Uh, but Great I, bit. Google Maps is... Wait, here we go, here we go. It finally loaded in. Here we go. So, if you were to walk... <laughs> okay. From Los Angeles to Toronto, yeah. 828 hours. If you were to drive, 37 hours. Not quite the 80, although you are going to be taking... I... Uh, 80 East. Wait, you said 20 hours, right? Yeah, that's yeah, probably wrong. I was that's wrong. You just <laughs> fucked yourself up. Okay, well, it's 220. Uh, just add another two if you bike there. So, um, right. I, you learn something on this podcast. It's people, you know, I think we're education you on iTunes. Lot. Yeah, it's the question and, of the uh, age. now you know how long it would take to bike to from Los Angeles to Toronto. Right. And you could use that to figure out uh, how long it would take to bike elsewhere. It's like, okay, it takes this long to bike this distance, so it'll take this long to bike this distance. Do you bike it's like all a this? math equation. No, I don't. Tron's it everywhere. A lot of people. Have you forgotten how to ride one? No, it's like riding a bicycle, right? You, <laughs> once, yeah. you once you learn, you, you never forget. forget. It's literally riding a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I haven't ridden one in a while, but I think I'll be fine. Fingers crossed. I, d- I did it once during quarantine, and it was scary because I was like, I, I was like, am I overthinking this? Like, is this, is this crazy? What bike um, rides? Yeah, because I, I was I was actually like biking in the street, 
So I, I wasn't like it was like in like you know, like it was like neighborhood slash street, and there were cars. I was just like, hey, I, li- I, I like, like biking. One, one... I like biking. Sh- yeah, you know, that's your distance. first bike ride after a long hiatus. Yeah, that's probably pretty nerve. Yeah, it's been like twenty years or yeah. whatever how long it is. I was okay. I was thinking for a while because it's like I do you know I do like riding a bike. I was thinking for a while it's like oh you know. I don't live that far away from my work. I could conceivably bike there. But one, I was like, oh, if I work a closing shift and I'm, like, tired, like, I'm not going to want to bike home late at night. And also, like, uh, my bike isn't good for long distances. It's like a fucking, like, beach cruiser. (laughs) Like, something I just use to ride to the beach or to the park or whatever. I can't ride long distances with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all just really quick before we move on, launch into our, our our topic of the day, which is watches. It wasn't bicycles. Uh, why don't you tell us? And no, nah, it's not riding bicycles. Uh, I was missing uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of what's what's uh, what's changed since we saw you? Because as for those of you who don't know, all just was the focus of our episode on on like uh, uniforms. You know, having a uniform, having consistency, and all that. Uh, why don't you tell us what's new with you, real quick? Well, I've uh, well, I've gotten older. When was I mean? When was the last time we did the? Uh, when did I do the pod? Well, that was three years ago, four years ago. Something yeah, like that. Three. yeah, three. So yes, three, at least three. I've gotten older. Still in school, uh, accounting and finance. Currently, that's what I'm studying. Uh, ENF. Yeah. Uh, trying to survive the pandemic. Doing all right. We'll hang in there, as I'm sure a lot of you are as well. And uh, you probably want to get into my uh, clothes, right? My uniform. Since that, if that's changed. I mean, at all. it is the mentor podcast about the stuffiness. <laughs> yes. So. What uh, are we going to do about Thanksgiving? If we if we can't have stuffiness, we made that joke in the uh, in the Patreon episode. I think. Oh, well, we're doing um, it again. Are we gonna? Well, we can make it again. I guess next Wednesday when we're streaming the day before Thanksgiving. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll just tell us what new stuff you've got. Because before you had like a, you know a lot of um, like Spear McKay custom stuff. How has that changed? Uh. Well, it's I don't rely nearly as much on uh, Spear McKay anymore. Uh. Mm-hmm. I, know, I think I've, for various reasons, I don't want to spill too much tea here, but I've gotten a bit jaded with the uh, company and uh, just the way they do things uh, with MTM. Uh, and it was always expensive, so I've sort of moved away from that. And I finally decided to dive into eBay uh, in between now and the, uh, since we last recorded the uh, podcast. I had a run non-traditional uh, way of getting into menswear. I didn't start with eBay. Uh yeah, only recently got yeah, into it, and it's like quite the uh, bottomless pit. So to that end, I have a lot of new sa- I have a lot of new old sack suits off there. J Press, yeah. Brooks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Southwick, and uh, as a result of that, I'm less adverse to the idea of brand than I used to be. Because if you search if you search up old stuff on eBay, like nine out of ten of that stuff is some shade of brand. If not, it's grey. Very no hard to find. We love blues. it so much. No wonder you do. <laughs> Fancy that. But uh, yeah. yeah, for the most part, my uh, tastes have been stable, but my the actual items I have has expanded substantially. I also have a lot more casual stuff. Uh, recently, you, you guys saw uh, I got into Milsurf, a lot of uh, reprint military right. trousers and uh, M41 jackets. That sort of good stuff, short jackets. Right. Yeah, my tastes haven't changed much, but I have a much larger wardrobe now. There you go. Well, that's great. I mean, again, you know, Spencer and I are big proponents of big wardrobes, and we say that with the most privilege because we live at home, and uh, we, you know, if we moved out and we had our yeah, little, we also yeah, it's, like, it's nice to live in the suburbs where you have space. Uh, that's clothes. right. 
Um, so the reason all just the reason why you're here, and I mean, of course, you knew this. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you as if I was addressing the audience. Uh, but the reason why you're here is because uh, I think out of out of some of us in the core friend group, you know, we've been friends with you for three years. You are probably the person who appreciates and is the most knowledgeable about watches um, than the rest of us. And people have been asking us to do an episode on watches. People have asked yeah. me because, you know, Spencer and I both wear watches occasionally, might not be as much. But we thought it would be great to have you on here and have a kind of a discussion on watches. And spoilers, it's not as structured. I mean, it is structured because uh, we went over this earlier and we wanted to make sure that we stay on topic yeah. and everything. Podcasts are like the jackets um, we like, unstructured. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, but so I thought I would first talk about, because a lot of people, you know, they ask me and I'm, I'm a very vocal person saying I'm not a watch guy. You know, I, I say he's that all, quite he's a bit. Like, he says that too much, in fact. Like, sometimes people don't even ask. It's actually on my just, Tinder bio. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm not into watches unless you're talking uh, a watch what happens live on uh, E. <laughs> I thought you were going into more salacious <laughs> forms of watching. What is this joke? What is this? Oh, I'm implying that you really like the, I think it's Andy Cohen, the show where he talks to, like, the Real Housewives. Yeah, the Bravo show. He does. raps. Oh, insipid okay. stuff oh, it's well, on bravo yeah. not e yeah yeah i was gonna say I'm like oh, that doesn't sound like it's connecting with me um again yeah, this is okay, an unstructured so watched, episode nothing say, connects yeah word association yeah that's right hey, call back yeah um but i want to say yeah i'm not really that into watches okay like i there's a couple of tenants here uh hey shout out David tenants uh Never and Doctor Who. Yep. Um, I've never seen. I I never really got into watches. Um, because I never thought they were useful. Like I, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, they they are practical. I know all this. We've had many discussions over, you know, practical clothing, and there is a practical function to it. But in my lifestyle, I just I just never had a had a use for it. You know, I mm -hmm. I'm always on my phone. You know, I I grew up with like you know tech and everything. Um, you know, MJ can probably you know. Asian guys in tech. What, what else is what else is new, right? And so I always had like you know as as far as I've had, as far as, far as I can remember, I've always had like a smartphone or a cell phone. I would just check that, and uh, I'm just so used to oh need to know the time. Pull out the phone from either my trouser pocket or my breast pocket on my jacket. Just you know whatever. It, it seems um, like the words uh, may not maybe it's not useful. It's necessary though because I watches are useful to me. They do they mm -hmm. have a use. They all the time and the day right, yes, they have that yeah, complication yeah, yeah. but they're not necessary and, and yeah i ab absolutely agree if you have your phone it does yeah. whatever watch does and then some right exactly i mean yeah that's exactly it you know i i don't think i'm a very practical guy you know again i i, I love wearing i'm not wearing a tie right now spoilers but i do love wearing t more ties and most of anyone in the discord um and so and even they don't they don't serve a purpose other than aesthetics and so i mean when it comes down to that part it it took a while for watches to kind of cross that border because as you guys know i do own some watches i just i don't consider myself a watch guy and to add to that i never really knew anyone who had a watch you know i think for a long time even before spencer started wearing his field watch and before i started like kind of thrifting this or looking on ebay for swatches no one had one i think the only one who had yeah, one was, I mean, was, uh, was my friend scott not a lot of people in our age range uh, wear watches in general um it's, yeah, you don't you don't, you don't well, see except it, Apple yeah. watches, but I don't know if we're going to count those with cell phones. Right. Yeah. Apple watches. I mean, they see plenty of those around. Uh, yeah, so. I was gonna say yeah. Scott. Scott. Uh, Scott had a um, 
had a smartwatch. It was like a you know yeah. an Android smartwatch for a while. Um, and even then, like you know, I'm just speaking normally. Like a lot of our friends are nerds, and <laughs> they never I'm... like you know they would have. Well, I'm just talking about like like, like you know our actual. I mean, my IRL friends, you know, like they didn't have watches, but they did have like you know. Nintendo DS, they had the fucking PS3 or PSP or whatever, right? Like, that was kind of like what, if they were going to spend money, that's what it was going to be on. So for me, it kind of translated to, okay, do I want to spend money on this thing? You know, and it, would uh, would a watch supplement or add to my life in the way that, you know, a new video game could? Because, you know, watches like, you know, a decent watch is, I don't know, like a hundred bucks or maybe around that range. That's probably, and you can you know, get I, uh... almost two AAA games <laughs> for that. Almost two, almost two. Yeah, if you scrounged you know, up an extra sixty dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, sixty. Yeah. So it's one again. It was one of those things, right? And even then, like I, I mean, I have a lot of other practical, uh, impractical stuff, like jokers. Impractical jokers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like like I, I've collected like Legos. I bought like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and like I don't know. It just it never connected with me in that way. My dad never. I mean, my dad has a couple of watches and even then over quarantine or even like a couple of months before that he started buying like vintage like he has like a long longines is that what it's called yeah longines Longin. yeah long longines long like yeah he bought one of those Longin-ness. yeah he bought one of those on ebay or some some watch site it's very beautiful but i i look at him now you know when he's home or when he's going to work doesn't really wear the watch uh, mm. my grandpa i think had a watch but uh, my parents gave him or my mom gave him a smartwatch, you know, so like that whole idea, you know, we talk a lot about that, you know, menswear thing about, oh, you're going to be a man, you're going to have a watch. Never really had any kind of contact with it. Might, might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. So I just removed from me uh, all over, um, all over. It removed me from that context and that kind of thought line until um, I got a gift you know, I got a friend, uh, Stefan Carson, who we met in, in New York. He, he visited L.A. like two years ago and he gave me uh, a swatch he no longer wore. Oh, and finally nice having that was like, OK, here we go. Like mm-hmm. now I can I actually have a watch that's cool, that's interesting. Then now I can kind of get into that mindset. But until then, you know, it, I needed that like that push over the edge. But that's that's a little bit about me and, and watches. Spencer, what, what about you? So, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I, I've um, worn a watch for a long time not like every day you know but i think i first started wearing watches in like i don't know middle school maybe um i don't remember a lot of the early watches i have i don't think they were very good there's one like early you know watch that i did have and this is like shortly after i started getting interested in like I guess, like, vintage fashion. So I was, like, kind of looking for something old-school-looking, and so I went, within my budget, I went to Target and got, like, some just generic, you know, plain, you know, white face, brown leather um, strap watch. And I stopped wearing it because, like, I, I... I like for I like I was on student government or something and I had to meet with like the vice principal and she was wearing like the same watch and I was like uh okay <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not going to wear this one um yeah but a, a lot of the watches I've had it's like I don't know I like wearing watches I don't I don't wear them cuz I'm like oh you know I'm a man I got to wear them I just, I don't know, it, it's, when I wear them enough times in a row, it just, like, feels like it's, like, part of, it's part of any look. It feels weird to leave the house uh, without a watch. Um, I don't know, I, I, I like them mostly just because of, the, like, the kind of, like, visual interest they have. 
Uh, a lot of my watches I've had are vintage and stop working after a while because mm -hmm. again i don't have a big budget for vintage watches and if you want one that like works forever you're gonna have to spend some money uh i had a couple that had some like cool sentimental value like i got you know vintage watches for my grandpa uh unfortunately one of them stopped working and i'm gonna need to pay like i took it into a shop and they said you know you could pay 300 bucks to get yeah, it repaired that's high and that's i have high. That was like years ago. I still have the watch somewhere, but I have not ever decided like I'm going to pay $300 to get this repaired. And the other one was unfortunately lost in a move. RIP. Um yeah, since then, since then, I mean, it's like yeah, I've just gotten like vintage trench watches, vintage like field watches. Right now I'm wearing like a Timex because again, all my other watches broke. Um and it's 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 not something that I'm ever I, I never really want to spend a whole lot of money on watches. Like I never, I don't think I've ever spent more than like 120 bucks on a watch. Um, it like, yeah, it's like if I had more money, I would have more watches, but right now I'm happy with what I have and I like wearing it every day and it looks, it works with like everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine with just having one. Yeah. At the end of the day, right. even for all of us, even me, it boils, money becomes an issue here. We end mm -hmm. up stopped. We end up not talking about watches themselves and whether we like them it's more about do we have the money or not because of yeah. just how expensive it, they get it's i think it's ridiculous exactly. but uh, anyway that's me well I mean, yeah, yeah it's it, it's like the it's like our thing with shoes where it took us it took you know a while um because it's like i could spend money on shoes or i could spend money Absolutely. on a jacket or something like that where it's the same thing now it's like i could spend money on this watch or i can get something you know more interesting even though you might wear yeah, the watch and, more and i was i was gonna say too i mean we're gonna get we're gonna discuss a lot of this you know as we move on but like the, the fact that you said i can wear this watch with everything kind of says a lot where uh, for, for, i i'm sure we can speak for you but like okay then you have your timex you're fine so mm -hmm. right now i could buy a fucking camo pair of pants i could buy a, a chore coat and add and add that to like a whole new look while a watch doesn't really add to it i mean i guess it does that might be an overreach but more like it, in terms of like noticeable uh change of outfit vibes you would rather have you know it's a jacket will change that literally you know as opposed to a watch but people right? who buy watches and i guess i have to include myself in that category and multiple yeah. watches they we aren't really thinking about uh how it will complement an outfit in, in in that case we're thinking about i like the look of that watch i want that watch yeah i'm buying that watch it's there is no consideration of outfits because if you if we if we did consider outfits it wouldn't make any sense because you can't right like with Tatum oh, you can't see them they're underneath a shirt cuff well, they well should be, I, anyway. I was gonna say you know the more we talk about this because very recently we had a pod on how to introduce new items not a pod mm -hmm. a, a stream a on stream. that and you know it was very interesting to see MJ and Matt's uh, you know difference you know it's very it's more calculated it's more you got to make sure cost per wear uh, compared to like Kiyoshi Spencer and me where like sometimes you just impulsively buy things and I think it, it it's very telling where with a watch if you're not into it you you definitely going to make sure the first watch you buy and spend money on it's got to fulfill everything you need it's yeah. got to be super practical it's got to be you know the right price and whatever but after you break through that because you know again we discussed this before that before the uh, before we actually start recording as you know as all just has said once you break that and you start getting into that idea and the mindset it, ma it makes everything so much easier just like with like tailoring right like you know you can't really sell someone the brown on the brown check jacket even though it might be more versatile 
then a navy jacket. A guy's got to get into it by wearing a navy jacket first because it'll probably fulfill work, you know, or whatever. But then once they get into it, like, oh, then they find out that they don't wear the practical one anymore. Now they start buying the random shit that they actually enjoy, right? And I think that could be said for watches. It's just a little bit harder uh, as a sell to some people like me uh, because a watch isn't exactly too noticeable, right? Uh, um, but I'll just, why don't you talk us uh, talk us through a little bit of, of a primer with your background in watches? Because we could talk about design and what we like and, mm -hmm. and vibes after, but let's hear your history right, right. with it real quick. Uh, so for a very long time, far, uh, way before I got into clothing, got into anything really, I think I might have been maybe four or Mexico. five. Uh, I grew up in Hong Kong and I, I entered this shop one day, uh, an antique shop, and they had a... They, they had mm -hmm. a they had one of those uh, desk uh, display cases full of watches. And I distinctly remember, I was so young at the time, they were all eye level. It was a desk uh, display, but they were all eye level. And I went down the line looking at I, Rolexes from the 50s. I think one of them was a reference mm -hmm. 6084. So that, that's, that sure. sort of thing. Um, and I remember just being absolutely fascinated by NAS and uh, also by the fact that they had a working uh, rotary phone in there. Uh, but anyway, but that's besides mm. the point. Uh, so I always knew that I had a deep an interest, an inherent interest in watches. But uh, for many years, I put that to one side because I didn't want to. I didn't want to cultivate that interest because if I, I knew if I did, I'd end up spending way too much money <laughs> on on. You on knew watches. this at five years old. What? You knew this at five years old? I knew this when I was six, seven, eight. You know, I, I could have gotten it into it I early. Think when I, was, I, I think when I was five yeah. or six, I still thought, like, writing a check was just, like, free money. Like, that was my understanding of, like, yeah. the financial like, Wait, system. Why, why, do you have to, why do you have to balance a checkbook? Isn't there just money in the bank all the time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but, but uh, yeah, quickly, I realized that I wouldn't have been, any, been in any position to sustain that if I were to dive into it right away, so... Uh, I kept pushing it aside, pushing it aside, uh, deliberately not looking at watch stuff, <laughs> just so I wouldn't get it. Yeah, when you were but, 10. Uh, but yeah, like a year ago, um, I decided to give in, and uh, yeah, I was right. Very quickly, I spent a lot of money, and now I have a lot Wait, of watches. Wait, a year ago? A year ago, yeah. Wait, okay. In my head, you've always nope. you've always had. Well, watches. I've always had the interest, but I never, I deliberately didn't cultivate it. I didn't know shit a year ago. That's whoa, that's actually new news. Wait, for but me. We, we we like went watch shop, not we're like watch browsing, I guess. In New maybe York, he didn't in have. Yeah, we, didn't go, he didn't we didn't go. We didn't go. We didn't go watch browsing in New York. I think we saw watches, but we didn't go watch browsing. I think we at least stopped into a store, and you were like. I remember you... He did. He looked at, like, the Nomos watches or the Young House watches yeah, at, like, we, the Armory, though. But that's exactly. different. We're yes, at the Armory. Yes, but, that's again, the key, the key yeah, is I didn't know shit about them. I Since I was okay, five, yeah, yeah. I had the interest in watches, but I never... I deliberately didn't cultivate it. Didn't want, Wait, didn't so read you, anything did you, about it. Did you have it. a watch in New York? Did you Did you wear one? I did, it was, but it was uh, it was one my dad gave to me. Uh, an IWC mm. Portofino. Okay. Nice, hand in man. I That was my only watch. That was my only watch. I didn't buy That's any watches. Kind of I didn't read it. Pretty big only watch to have, though. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I kind of, <laughs> I uh, didn't treat I, that I as do. well I should have. Uh, it's kind of beat now, but uh, uh, yeah. I mean that's cool. I mean, I, I, I mean, we'll get into our watches later. But I just want, quickly want to say, and Spencer talked about his grandfather's watch. I want to talk about my grandfather's watch real quick. So my, I'm pretty sure my my Lolo, my my Filipino grandfather wears Citizen watches. I don't think he's being a big watch guy, um, but my grandfather on my my dad's side, my paternal grandfather, he had a um, 
I never saw him wear it. Okay, maybe he did. I don't. Like, I, I can't remember. He, my dad's from Canada, so this side of the family's in Canada. So I only, I didn't have to see him. Uh, I saw him shortly before he passed, and after that, my dad gave me, you know, whatever his, whatever yeah yeah, uh, bequeathed me was a um, a two. It was a it's a gold face and case, but a two tone bracelet, um, Omega uh, Deville, and you know I don't. It doesn't seem to me like one of the expensive ones, and it's not one of the expensive ones. Um, yeah, it's from the uh, it's, it's, cool. from, it's quartz from the eighties, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's not one of the sixties. Yeah, eighties. Yep, um, but it's you know it's cool. Just wanted to shortly say that, and you guys might have seen it in a couple of my outfits. Uh, I actually been kind of leading into it because of the whole seventies. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the time, right? Like, I was like, oh, I I rather wear a swatch because you know, but now I'm like, okay, this is kind of gaudy. Like, it's it's kind of fun wearing it with like Chelsea boots and like. Mm-hmm. And like denim at, at per per the seventies, right? Anyway, uh, uh, so keep going. Uh, I'll just that, that's crazy. I I totally thought you were you had this whole collection that you've you know you've talked to. And if you're in the if you're in the Patreon, you probably know this. You know, him and Chris will talk about watches. Him and and Shane will talk about yeah. watches. Sorry, Shane. We'll get you on the pod some other time about watches. I know he's one of the big watch guys in the group. <laughs> he's a watcher. Right, sure. right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just went through my uh, because most of the watches I ever got came off eBay. The first watch I ever bought was bought in May of 2019. So, yeah, it's like a year mm. and a half ago. Wow. Uh, but 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 you're all right. Yeah. I uh, yeah I, I did look at Nomos's in New York, and yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, but like I said, I've always had the interest, but I deliberately pushed it down, deliberately to stop myself from looking at various sites, reading up on this, so as to not. Uh, not fall into yeah. that uh, trap. <laughs> yeah, I and yet, and yet, to us, when you talk about reference numbers, I'm like, okay, thanks for telling us random numbers put together. You know, yep. <laughs> I never really. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, you know, now that you think about it, right? Like, you know, how you and and and, and Shane will be like, oh yeah, the two four six zero. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing as like referencing like I don't know specific like military jackets or. Yeah, no, fabric, exactly. Fabric yeah. books L- or like, something like that. Like yeah. L five hundred ones versus five tens or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I to- totally get it, you know. But I just, you know, because I've been so outside of that world, right? It's just so, so, you know, bizarre to me, or so, so different. Yeah, you know? it's daunting, but it's something you get used to. It's just, it's, a, it's a moniker. Mm-hmm. It's a way of differentiating stuff, and eventually you realize oh, that. Yeah. yeah, eventually you can say sixteen oh one, and everyone thinks of the date just from the sixties, that sort of thing. Sure. I'll. I mean, now, now I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, so, uh, so since then, what, like, what have you learned since you, you know, again over this past year of, of buying watches and everything? Oh God. There's. Uh. Well, I learned that I was right and that it's very expensive. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's the reason why I still don't have any penny loafers now. Um. And uh, just yeah, that's a big answer. See, there's there's a good there's a good differentiation right there, right? Because I think Spencer and I would have bought shoes before we bought a watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, again, I always had the interest. I, I don't know. It's like there's a Pandora's box of things I've learned here and there. I guess I've gotten better at uh, gauging things off eBay, uh, and I think there's a similar. It's similar to probably uh, with clothing as well. Um, the best deals tend to be obscured by really shitty pictures. Is that true for tailoring as well? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, it's I like you can that. find you can you can. I mean, we were talking to um, blanking, <laughs> uh, unfortunately blanking on his name, but the uh, editor of the W M Brown Project when he was uh, at the bloke, 
Um, Matt Hrannick? Yeah, Matt Hrannick. That guy, yes. It, I, saw his, I saw his fucking puzzle at the Hallmark store slash USPS when I was mailing something earlier today. He has, uh, he, he has a new puzzle now. It's not the vintage watches. Hey, speaking of the episode, Matt Hrannick has a vintage watch puzzle available at hallmark stores presumably of he, does. he now has one that's like a vintage jeep very on brand for him oh yeah because you know what um, his new book is a man in his is, car there you go but anyway he was yeah that he was telling us he was telling us that's his secret on ebay is he buys stuff with shitty pictures yeah. because no one they else are is the bidding best on. deals people uh, the watch yeah. i'm wearing right now uh 50s bolivar that had the worst fucking pictures uh, <laughs> that i've that i've ever seen um it looks it, it looked completely different. The way he, I, I don't understand why you take a picture that makes the dial look m- more yellow than it actually is, more aged than it actually is, but he did it. Uh, but yeah. through just, uh, just, just ways to gauge it, I guess. Uh, if I think of like, just one general rule, like if you have a dark background, it tends to make the dial face look cleaner and lighter, which is why you see a lot of listings uh, of watches. They put it against a black background, makes it look prettier that way. Just little tips and tricks like that that I've uh, learned through eBay uh, to sort of gauge watches accurately from the pictures because as we've been saying watches are expensive so when you pull that trigger you want to be uh, as sure sure about at least if you're making the kind of money we make you want to be as sh- you want to be as sure about that decision Zero as you money. <laughs> yeah, speak, yeah yeah sad sad <laughs> story uh, uh yeah you want to be sure about uh yourself when you pull the trigger because watches are expensive absolutely yeah. and uh yeah so do you do you use like special search i mean like you said like you know yeah you i was going to get into that actually buy. uh okay go perfect go ahead go ahead go ahead yeah uh through learning about watches i've expanded my knowledge and from there i can really narrow things down with uh search words uh with key with with, uh, with keywords and that's uh narrow things down quite a bit like, whereas before mm-hmm. maybe when you started out menswear you were looking at free button suits or sack suits and you get tens of thousands of results but uh then you can but now you can maybe throw in Safwick and that will narrow it down and most of their stuff tends to be pretty good and uh likewise uh in an analogous manner uh before i would search 50s watches when i knew nothing but now i can search boulevard for example uh that narrows it down but also but more than that uh boulevard uh l7 for example which is a date code from 1957 or the movements mm. uh boulevard 10 the uh, 10 series of movements uh, would have come out and would have been most used in the 50s, early 60s. So that really narrows, narrows things down that way. Uh, when you're searching for watches, when, when people narrow things down, uh, it's a lot of numbers to remember. If not reference numbers, uh, which are usually printed on the inside of the case back, but not always. That's more of a Swiss thing. The Americans didn't do that sort of thing. Uh, movement numbers. <laughs> and uh, Bulova, for example... Uh, got into some really convoluted codes like i think the movement in this <laughs> boulevard i'm wearing now is like 10 bp ac and which is different okay. from like 10 bp aac or bp aac you know just weird shit like that but uh yeah uh how to summarize this uh by immersing yourself in this world eventually you learn about uh, specific details that you can use to narrow your searches down um, and usually those take the form of codes because that's how watch guys work. We like long strings and numbers. You're and a master of codes, yeah. like uh, Agent Kington. It's an what? on cinema at the cinema oh. joke. Matt, Matt'll get it. He's he's laughing right now. Yeah, don't get that mic. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting because, like, I mean, I 
you know, I've, I've bought probably 80% of my watches, uh, online, uh, you know, on eBay. Um, you know, like I said, some of them were gifts, like my, my Timex Marlin, uh, the reissue one that right. came out a couple, you know, three, three or so years ago, whatever that was, that, that was a gift for my family. Um, they did ask if I wanted a to sew, but I asked for cash because I wanted to pay for something <laughs> else back then. But since so later on, I got I got a Marlin because it, you know, it's it's nice. Uh, we'll get into our yeah, aesthetic Marlin, taste later Marlin's on. Great, yeah, right. Um, like I said, the uh, the um, what do you call it? The, the the white swatch that I have was a gift as well. Um, but yeah, I the ones I bought on eBay. Uh, I don't really look up reference numbers because I don't really buy those particular ones i do remember to when when i do look at watches i will tag all just so i'll put it in the watch chat that we have on discord i'll tag chris you know and and shane for them to look at um but yeah i mean I, my approach was always kind of similar to tailoring i look up 1950s watch and i just look through all of them uh, maybe i'll add in 1950s working watch and then i will see if, what, what <laughs> yeah. ends up there right and then if it you yeah. know if it looks decent you know if they say oh it's been recently you know, service or whatever. Obviously, that's better. You know, it's kind of like buying in like uh, like a yeah, used but you can't trust those. People say service, and maybe they did get it service, but well, <laughs> I was about to say, you know, I uh, I got this uh, uh, Gruen uh, nineteen. I don't know, fifties probably. It's like a tank. Uh, Gruen went out um, of business in nineteen fifty eight. So if it's a tank, probably early fifties, hey. late forties. Cool. <laughs> good to uh, know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. So like that. That's like uh, uh, um. I got that watch. It was running slow, and I got it serviced. But I think they just cleaned it. I don't think they actually like did the thing I wanted them to do. Um, and then I think they actually replaced the movement. So like it was a very. Movement I got the watch swap? for like Jesus. forty bucks. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Or they or they did something to. I don't know what they did, but it works now. It doesn't like run fast or slow. Whatever the issue was, it doesn't do that anymore. And it's like my go-to like. It used to be my go-to fancy watch because it's it's very clean. I know you talk about Belovas, you talk like you know there's a there's a image of uh, of Chase in the in the essay that I wrote, um, where he has his fifty his dad's fifties Belova or whatever it is, you know, um, and that used to be like my favorite one because the first ever watch I got, um, that wasn't I, I think I also had like that that like cheap Timex knockoff from Target. I think I also had that one. Um, that I eventually just ran out of batteries. I just didn't care any about it anymore to replace the batteries. Um, but yeah, the first one I bought um, in person and in general was like, you know, 2017, I was at the Rose Bowl flea market and I got like a, I can't even think of the name. I had to, like, when I was writing this article, I had to go back and forth because I would like pick it up, look at it, or to remember how to describe it. Then I put it down. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't write the name. I, to, uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't I, remember I don't it. remember what this watch looks like anymore. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was like another one of those like Bruin or Gruen, whatever those tanks, you know, another like 50s tank or whatever. Bolivar, Elgin, Hamilton, Waltham, any of those ring a bell? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> it, I mean, they all sound familiar because I'm pretty sure I also had like an old Hamilton or whatever that also stopped working. Um, but yeah, I got that one. It was a tank. It was a black strap. Um, it was really cool. Very deco. Stopped work. Oh, no, it didn't stop working. The The hands kept falling off. And I think they need to replace the hand because I think like, a guy reattached it, but it just kept falling off. And mm. I'm like, okay, fuck this watch. You know, I, <laughs> I paid, I paid like thirty five dollars for it. They charged me to fucking put the the hand back on. Fuck this shit, right? But the so anyway, the whole thing is now the uh, the Gruen that I got um, has what became like my go to like fancy watch. But 
It all changed because I don't really wear fancy watches. The fancy watch I wear now is that two-tone DeVille, which is great because it's very, mm-hmm. it's very subversive, right? You know, because it's gold and everything. Um, but yeah, maybe now we'll talk about because we we what we, we hit like the halfway mark or a little bit. Let's talk about just what we like from watches because I feel like that's a big thing. I, sure. I want to start with something, and this is the reason that I've only bought vintage watches, and it's oh. really hard for me to shop for watches. Yep, uh, say it. The biggest thing for me is the size of watches. Yeah. Uh, we think that 100%. it's like, you know, we think that we think yep. that modern, like, casual jackets and sweaters and shit like that is too long. Well, guess yep. what? Almost universally, modern watches, in my opinion, are too big. Yep. Um, That's my opinion, too, though. I will not go, I will not wear a watch larger than 38, and even like 38, I still think is a little big. I would prefer it's like, like 36. 36. Or maybe 36 30, is the maybe... sweet spot. So that's I why think it's for like me, 34. Yeah, like, like them smaller 34 to 36. Yeah. Um, but like, I, like, I've had watches that are like 32 millimeters, like something like that. But yeah, I can't I can't buy most modern watches because they're all too big for me. Like I think they just look. I just don't like big watches on my wrist. It's not that I think well, I have a small wrist. I just don't right. like big watches. You, are you guys well, aware you know, that uh, case sizes fluctuated over time? Kind of like how. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Like I know that there are you know like vintage like watches that are like forty millimeters. It's not because I'm like trying to be a purist. I just don't like big watches, even if they're old. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how you know. Uh, as much as I love 30s lapels, I still hate shoulder padding. You know, it's just, I just, I hate it. Yeah, you know? for the record, I don't like big watches either. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. They did, they did. What is the, yeah. what is the consensus in, like, I guess the classic menswear watch community? Not just, like, like the watch community. and stuff, yeah. But, like, yeah, or, specifically, okay, yeah. like, do people care about that? Or is it, like, 38, 40 millimeters? Oh, yeah. It, like, when you want to get to, vi- if you're in vintage watches, you've, in, you've pretty much inherently accepted the fact, uh, the enjoyment uh, and appreciation for smaller case sizes. Because it's mm. very hard to find a vintage watch over 36 millimeters. The, uh, yeah. There was a trend in the late 40s. It kind of went with the bowl look, I, I think. Uh, wider, wide, wide, uh, longer jackets, wider shoulders, also big ass watches. Uh, there are uh, late forties Amigas, oversized, at about thirty-eight millimeters across, and I actually kind of like those. They, there's, a, there's something endearing mm. about them, uh, but it never got more than that. And if you ask the modern person, thirty-eight, I mean, it, it, w- it wouldn't be surprising if they replied back that that's a woman's watch. I can't wear a thirty-eight millimeters yeah. watch; it's too small. <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest vintage watch you could probably find. That's proper vintage uh mm-hmm. yeah well i think i've lost lost the uh, original question <laughs> no, 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 I, I, yeah. no, I think i think it's basically you know i think people do have gotten used to it just like how you know people got used to shorter jacket lengths uh, in terms of like you know like modern menswear right right because if you if you look you know obviously watch guys are going to be more into it but like you look in the general consensus of like the world like you know real men real style whatever people that regular guys will still like a big watch for some reason mm. you know well i think it's just because they're so commonplace it's like that's like yeah, the no, standard. Yeah. it's it's exactly. the uh, it's the current schema it's what's accepted in society mm. what and you know it's not that it's one is more right than the other but if you if you've grown up just seeing everyone with a watch that looks a certain way in the wrist the way a 38 or 40 millimeter watch does and once you put on a 32 millimeter bulb from the 50s for yeah, example it looks weird yeah uh one one thing i think about that though is um and a specific reason as to why watches were smaller back in the day was because guys used to exist in long sleeve stuff more often than than mm. they do now 
because I can see what people are saying about uh, Thursday Woman Mesa Watchers looking kind of puny if you're if you've got a t-shirt on and you can see your forearms and maybe a bit of your biceps as well. It does look a bit strange. But once you've got a long sleeve oh. shirt on and it's just the watch peeking, it's just a bit of your wrist and that watch, I think uh, a Thursday Meter watch looks kind of dumb and a, a Thursday Meter watch in that context looks looks better. What mm. I'm saying is that uh, vintage watches were smaller because people had to fit them underneath their shirt cuffs. Yeah, people had to fit yeah, them with their yeah. tailoring. And, uh, I, I was going to say that there is, a, I, I'm not sure where I saw this, maybe it was permanent style, but like he was talking about like cuff style, like like yeah, like shirt cuff styles. Yeah. And I think he was saying how like, like the single barrel cuff is like, you know, when you wear it like that and it's got to be like fitted on your, on your wrist, like a bespoke shirt, like a bespoke shirt needs like a smaller the wash size because otherwise it just kind of would bunch up, right? Like, you know, because, you know, if the the watch will fit in the gap between your hand and your shirt. But, you know, with a bespoke shirt, you want it, you know, to, to minimize that distance, but a, a watch will block that. So the way you get around it is by wearing like a smaller watch, you know? Right. Um, I don't think you could wear a fucking G-Shock. Yeah, you <laughs> could. I mean, or an Invicta. Like, you, I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But it's just like, how about wearing the, the big watch over the cuff? Yeah, Agnelli style, that's, as that's they what say. You, gotta do. Oh, you, you guys yeah, see Agnelli. the uh, some of the um, yeah Gianni Agnelli? He was uh, he was the head of Fiat, I think, in the fifties. Uh, yes, he was. And uh, yeah, he he, was he, in, he wore watches uh, over his shirt, cuff, famously. So Agnelli <laughs> he was in Ford versus Ferrari. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Very briefly, but he was there. Yeah. Um, we'll have to we'll have to rewatch it to see if there, he's doing the watch thing and like his yeah. little cameo. If, they got, if the costume designer got that thing right, about him. Um, yeah. yeah at, uh, also, I'd like to say that uh, watches these days are quite thick. It's not something that a lot of people talk about, but uh, there's no no one really cares anymore. Uh, even dress watches these days, they tend to be about 10 millimeters at least, if not thicker. Mm. And the reasoning for that is uh, <laughs> they don't want to get sued by the consumers. They want to make that, they want to overbuild that case as much as they can. So people then come back and say, hey, moisture got into this or whatever. <laughs> um, they want to avoid as much as possible. They even put like sometimes they even put like anti-magnetic uh, layers in there like a like a mm, like a steel right. back just just like you'd never need this but just we're just gonna we're just gonna over-engineer it just case. because yeah and Makes it doesn't sense. matter anymore because uh, without shirt cuffs it, who cares <laughs> if you don't have any sleeves you can have a thick of a watch as you want but uh yeah that's another right. thing i miss in addition to watches being big now they're also thick and uh even if you have a smaller case size watches are still thick and that's also an issue when trying to fit underneath a shirt cuff watches right. are just too big in general these days there's uh, uh yes they are if if you want to wear them with tailoring i mean i can't don't think it's bad i think i can say i don't think i can make any categorical argument that large watches are bad but if you if your goal is to wear it with tailoring if your goal is to wear a watch of tailoring uh you're probably looking. You'd probably be better served by vintage or very least vintage-inspired stuff, mm. stuff that follows that aesthetic right. line. Right. Um, well, here let's. Uh, we still need. To, we still have a couple of topics here. I don't mind if we go a little over an hour because I'm sure people are going to really enjoy this episode. It's a anyway. guest episode. Yeah. Um, but let's 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 talk a little bit about um, the menswear, like watches in menswear. You know, we were talking about how people prefer. Um, big watches and you know we'll finish off with our aesthetic taste in watches because that's kind of just more opinion but let's talk a little bit about like the uh the culture around it because i think that's something that always kind of turned me off on it um in general and i'm not saying that like you know 
it's like this stuff, this stuff happens in spades right where like the real men real style group will say oh you gotta wear you gotta wear a suit to be a man i definitely think that the style forum guys that the savile row guys they have that but it's just worded differently just like how we know we might argue that you know there isn't like oh well you have to wear a watch to be a man but i definitely think there's a little bit of that like kind of pervasing in men's because it's, you know as we talked about in the lifestyle art the lifestyle podcast it's it's very if, if you know you know so if a guy isn't into watches this is just me but i do feel like okay so you're not that into this whole menswear thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and that, that you know that that happens when almost all the best guys in menswear that we look up to whether they are regular guys or brand owners or tailors they all like watches to an extent and you know maybe i'm just extrapolating here but you know like like ethan newton right i don't think he's talked a lot about watches but he has a couple of like Omegas, I think. He's photographed at least. Oh, he's got, he's got a lot of watches. <laughs> he's got. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, compared to like, say, like, I mean, in my head, like, you got like Mark Cho, who has. Every time I see a moon face on a watch, I'm just like, okay, that's like fucking 30,000, at least like, like $20,000, whatever. I don't know how much it is, but that's, that's insane. I don't know why, I don't know why you need it. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later on because I don't know why you need a fucking moon face. Um, There's a picture I have, I think of Mark Show wearing one where I'm like, I don't, how do you read this thing? There's like four (laughs) different things on here. Um, But yeah, there's like the whole idea of like, you know, you're just not as into it, you know? And I think that it might be unfair of me to say because I feel like we do this, right? Like if, like if a guy says I'm into menswear, but he wears like an H&M suit, uh, clearly you're not, you know, you're not getting in the program. Yeah, so one again, thing I like to I'm, say I'm even is you're uh, looking at it from a practical perspective, which is totally valid. But if you're evaluating watches from a purely practical standpoint, then yeah, they absolutely don't make sense. I agree with you. Practically watches are useless. Well, I, but yeah. but then no, we're yeah. talking about aesthetics because if I was a non-menswear guy, I could say, why do you need... A suit. Why well, you need a brand suit in addition to a, a, a navy suit? A blue suit serves the purpose well. But you got you got that brand suit because you like the look of a brand suit, or you like the look of a, a check jacket. You, it's stuff you like by that point. It's not about right practicality. I, yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess my point. It, it's less about that because I think I can understand that, especially now as I've like I said earlier, I have more watches than Spencer now, just because I bought a couple on eBay. Um, and I just, you know, I have some other ones that we'll get into before we close. But I do think it's less common, right? Because it's like it's like when you're into menswear, like we discussed in lifestyle, like you tend to like nicer food, right? You, you have this like this idea of, you know, you because you like the best an artisan can make for you or the best quality, you probably want that in other aspects of your life, and that naturally translates to watches. Yeah, you've hit you, right? you've hit and on I something think, even because th- there is an archetype of a menswear guy, like that. That type of person is into menswear. He's also usually into food and wine and cooking and cars and watches. It, it all and and cigars. It all kind of gels together for the most part, with some exceptions. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to point fingers, but there is one very famous guy that kind of has all that kind of stuff. And he, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying it's it's. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think he's people who like, like okay, one I, of I these things can... tend to like the other things as well. Yeah. yeah, and I can't, I can't connect with them. Maybe, maybe I, I don't feel like a real quote menswear guy. And again, like I said, like I don't have to. But you know, obviously, as outsiders, you want a little bit of a community, right? And it, it, and not being into watches as much as the other person might hold you back. Not in like a bad way. Just you know, it's just, it's like one less thing to talk about, right? Like say yeah. you like start like you with a whole bunch of other nerds, and they're talking about a video game that you have no interest in, but they're gonna keep talking about the video game, and it's not, it's no one's fault, but it's just you know, it's, it's just. 
You just so it's like it's like bit. one of those one of those things where you work if you work in retail you should learn about sports even if you don't care about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you if you're involved in menswear, eventually you're just gonna kind of get into watches because yeah, you're gonna is. you're gonna have to right, and it, yeah. and it helps. I think. Osmosis, you, you'll eventually develop a knowledge. I, I think even if you don't really yeah. care. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think you know, I mean, you can feel free to talk about this all, just but I just wanna say like that. That's something that always kind of held me back. I guess like you know, I think it was me being a little contrary and like, okay, yeah, you're gonna talk about that. Well, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna ignore it. You oh, know what fuck I mean? you! So, <laughs> go screw, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I go bearish. Yeah, I mean, jokes on me, yeah. right? Because again, I've I've spent more on watches than Spencer has, so right. I mean, the jokes on me, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think about watch culture? I'll just, you know, uh, someone. Yeah, watch culture runs into <sighs> similar. In the same, this calls back to the uh, elitism and menswear episode, right? People have this sort of image, yeah. and I think it's fundamentally based on the idea of just money. A suit costs money that you didn't have to spend. In that vein, watches cost money that you don't have to spend, but it's heightened because the amount of money you spend on watches is about ten, if not twenty, if not thirty times more than you spend on Salvo suits. A a a, a Pasek, uh, a Patek, a, 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 a Patek Philippe, um, or Patek Philippe, say I don't know. A Patek Philippe, yeah. <laughs> oh, go, okay. Stephen Patek Philippe. Yeah, fuck that. I'm going to say the uh, Jeje, uh, Jeje Le Coult. Jeje Le Coultre, Jeje, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Jeger yeah. Le Coult, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What was the joke in Succession that that um, Tom sells? He, he, like, he gives, like, he gives, like, uh, Roy the... Uh, the patriarch of the family, like a Patek Philippe for his birthday, and has like a dumb little joke about it that uh, is immediately like blown off by Roy. <laughs> I'll look it up. I don't remember, but I'll just keep. Yeah, going. in the meantime, uh, yeah, uh, Patek Philippe and Vacheron Constantin. Uh, those watches cost like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars. So, so if yeah, so if someone, so if someone, if someone scoffs at you in your five thousand dollar bespoke suit, can you imagine what you know? Imagine heightening that to your sixty thousand dollar wristwatch that you yeah, had to get in a waiting two list. Two cars yeah. in yeah. the form of yeah. one piece of metal. Yeah, it's like no. I, I mean, there was a time when I tried on a watch at the RRL store. And yeah, it's one, I mean, we'll get into this. It's one of my dream watches. It was a nineteen fifties Rolex Explorer, and it literally cost the same amount as my car. And I was like. Okay. Sixteen K probably <laughs> Rolex Explorer. Well, ten sixteen. It was like tw- yeah, it was like between like fifteen probably, and twenty yeah. or something like that. I think there's a double RL markup, so it was around twenty thousand. Oh, I don't know how much time we want to spend here. There's so much we can talk about. This could be a fucking five hour podcast probably, episode. But uh, not, yeah. yeah. Uh how well, the how the quick quickly though, how the ten sixteen, the uh, Rolex Explorer, uh from the uh that was from the 60s 70s and 50s 60s 70s and 80s yeah. how that is now worth twenty thousand dollars blows my fucking mind it's ridiculous but yeah, yeah maybe another pod was it i mean like were they originally i mean because they weren't luxury they watches. were not like, luxury the watches rolex. they were some and especially pieces, the, like yeah. the rolexes that i like are all like tool watches yes well rolexes and were so, tool you know, watches by design by brand all of them exactly and so it's like you know it's like uh, a lot of the like Fidel Castro and Shea both, uh, Shea Guevara both had uh, Rolex watches, and sometimes people like to be like, oh, look at these guys, you know, like revolutionaries. Yeah, but they, they weren't like, balling. Rolexes. But it's, it's like, just that a GMT yeah, back were... then cost 
like a thousand bucks, maybe. I, I'm not really yeah. sure what the and exact it was like practical. Are. They were fucking yeah. in the jungle all yeah. the time. But now, but now a GMT costs. Uh, I think the list price is like ten thousand thereabouts. But like yeah. you can't get you can't yeah. get it retail. You have to get it through the grey markets, uh, and then it will probably be marked up to like thirty thousand dollars. Jeez. No, thank you. Yeah, me need, need it. Well, um, it's all money laundering. Well, uh, yeah, that's the only. It's quite possible, actually, right? Yeah. The yeah. biggest mob is Rolex. <laughs> yeah, the the yep. fact yeah the well, fact w- that Hong Kong is a major market for watches. <laughs> this is based off nothing other than my own speculation, but it kind of lends credence to that money Allegedly. laundering idea. <laughs> to be <laughs> honestly, yeah, legend. Yeah. Uh, I was so I, that, that, you know this is a good segue to you know probably the end of that watch culture little segment because. You know, we talk about it being an investment. You know, we talk about that kind of stuff. And it's just, to me, it always seemed tacky to wear, again, the cost of one car to two cars on your Fuck little wrist. a car, right a house. There, you know? House payments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're making it, you're making it worse. Um, but I think, you know, again, as someone who is very, so when we talk about, okay, well, maybe you just like it that much. That's why you buy it, or like aesthetics, right? But to me, I think aesthetics, you know, is a very holistic thing so like buying that much on a t- on a sport coat right or a a uh you know like a bespoke suit you're buying to affect whatever the house style is right like you love the drake's aesthetic so you buy the suit from drake's you like the anderson and shepherd you buy that you like the edward sexton you buy that a watch isn't as overt i mean it literally mm. is this very small piece so maybe like again like i think like even i think i would even spend more uh, not more but i would rather buy a ring than buy a watch because a ring is even of no uh is even a more overt you know aesthetically adding thing you know um Especially if you're in the tailoring, because if, like you said earlier, if you're in the tailoring, you're not going to see a, a watch peek out, you know, unless you're, I'm not going to buy an Invicta, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, getting over that is kind of pretty tough for me, and only when the outer aesthetics are stabilized, then a watch makes sense for me to buy because it's like okay, like I think you know. It, as a guy who is younger, and we'll get into this in the next episode in two weeks about like money and and income and and everything with menswear, um, you know, I always kind of felt bad. Like you know, I don't I don't look the way I want to because I I wasn't wearing like a full canvas jacket. And there is like a full canvas jacket drapes differently than a half or or, or no canvas jacket, right? Or a bespoke jacket has better lapels than like an off the rack because it's just it just looks differently. So you know, obviously you know three years ago when I barely you know when I was still thrifting things, I had some sack jackets, I had some H and M or no, not H and M, I had some like suit supply. Obviously then a watch didn't make any sense, but now where a Spear McKay or, or the the suits from Atelier Fugue or my Ascot Chang or ring jacket has put me more in that in that level of of appearance that i want to be at now i'm like okay so now when i buy a watch whether it's a cheap one or maybe i save up for you know vintage another vintage 50s one on ebay that might be like 100 bucks or whatever it is now it makes more sense because okay now i'm just kind of adding to what i already look like so it's it was interesting for me uh to you know to kind of bring it back to the original topic here like where guys who (laughs) dress shitty or don't have any style have like a really big like they love watches yep. and like that's crazy how like it's, you put why all is, of your why is it aesthetic crazy attention yeah why is it crazy though? well because it's like you put all of your aesthetic attention on the small thing that maybe, maybe it is maybe it's this maybe it's because you look at it but it's not and yeah that's it's what, not aesthetic attention more. though no it no yeah, one who's that, really that, into that, watches that, that, buys watches 
to look outwardly a certain way in the same way that you buy a suit to make yourself, I don't know, look better, I guess, look slimmer, whatever. Uh, no, people buy watches because they I, want yeah, to look at it for themselves and enjoy that feeling. That's the yeah. fundamental difference, I think, because, you know, I mean, because I always liken it to menswear, right? And maybe I should look at it like, you know, fucking it's like not collecting menswear. Star Wars action figures, no, right? Or no. collecting like, you know, because I, I do do that, right? And no one's seeing my Star Wars action figures except for me. You got to um, start wearing them on your wrist. <laughs> maybe I do, Yeah. you know? But yeah, I, I think, you know, again, it's it's all about, you know, this whole podcast, the whole essay, you know, I it's all about me getting to that mindset where I'm like, you know what? Like, it's okay to buy this just because I like it or why other people might have that mentality because, you know, it's weird that, you know, you know, I always have had discussions about practicality, but it's weird that, you know, I, you know, in terms of aesthetics, per like, like personal viewing aesthetics versus outward aesthetics, right? That's like, that's like a, something that's never really, I never really thought of until we've had to talk about watches. So I don't know what, you, you know, Spencer, what do you, what do you got to unpack about that? What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Though? Um, I mean, so so just going back to like, you know, kind of like, you know, why we spend money elsewhere versus like spending on watches like the I mean, the right. other thing is and I, I don't I don't remember if we talked about this in the episode or like, you know, 10 minutes before we started recording, but yeah. watches are like an extra thing. Like if you're not wearing yeah. a watch, no one's going to say, what the fuck? Where's your watch? <laughs> like, yeah. It, but it's like, you know, if you don't have a, you know, jacket or shirt or tie or something like that, then that's like, uh, maybe not tie, jacket or shirt, I guess. Yeah, and even um, that, yeah, I was going to say, um, even then, like, right, like, if you want to do a Millsurp look, you don't need a watch to do a Millsurp look. You don't need a watch yeah, to do a, an a, IV a look. A watch can add to it, but mm-hmm. not having a watch doesn't necessarily take away uh, right. from anything. Yeah. But then that goes, I'm sure all this you're about to say, like, well, that's why you're the one looking at it. That's why you buy it, right? Uh, uh I, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, what do you got? <laughs> Br- bring, bring, it, bring it out to us before we move all on right, to Right, well, the, origi- the original um, uh, point of discussion of this section was why, uh, was uh, of watch culture, right? Why it, it, if it pushes people away, kind of like a... Like a... I mean, it's all it's all related, <laughs> you know. That it's it's that and this and this whole aesthetic thing. But go right. ahead. Uh, uh, you know, well, more recent is the aesthetic thing, so I guess I'll speak to that. Uh, it's a it's a misconception to think to to try to analyze watches and fashion from the same fundamental, uh, f- f- from the same uh, f- from the same origin point, from the same uh, ge- uh, ge- right. genesis point, um, because. <laughs> because 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 they're fundamentally different. When a person buys a watch, I said this before, so again, when a per- when a person buys a watch and really is into watches, he's not really thinking about how we'll make his outfit better. He's he likes the watch and he got the watch because he liked the watch, which is why. I yeah. mean, so are you are you one of the people that like are you like a like do most watch guys nerd out on aesthetics or do most watch guys nerd out on like oh my god the movement? Oh, uh, so we have movement brilliant. nerds, but mostly aesthetics because to be a movement nerd, okay. it, it's it, first of all it's difficult. Uh, you are it is the, it is you complicated. Are the official walk sports, sports person. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking you, speaking for all watch people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I think. Uh, yeah, movement nerds exist, yeah. but it's 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 a it's a headier. Uh, in, it's a headier sub subsection to get into. You need to know. Mm. You know, it's complicated. You need to know about gears and engineering and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so aesthetics is more popular. 
it is what people look at after all you can have a very nice movement but if the watch looks like shit it's still not going to sell but you can on the other hand you can have a very pretty looking watch of a very mediocre movements and uh i don't know man like uh, some some stuff i see on hodinki i'm like i don't know that's ugly also we'll get, we'll get to that later keep keep yeah, yeah. keep going keep also going. uh as far as watch movements are concerned uh mechanical watches are pretty mature technology by this stage most mm-hmm. mechanical watches that operate on the band's wheel principle are the same they they have the same base they they, they, they work fundamentally the same and they may actually be the same because these days yeah. all the um uh movement manufacturers have consolidated out of necessity into large conglomerates like the eta group mm. produces movements for multiple watch brands uh tso like a tso and a hamilton a lot of them are fundamentally powered by the same eca movements same <laughs> ESA movements okay. the exact same movements so yeah there's not much to nerd out as far as it movements <laughs> are concerned uh seiko's doing some interesting stuff with spring drive and uh their hybrids uh quartz slash mechanical stuff stuff in that vein that's interesting but uh yeah watch movements haven't really changed much they're pretty stable so there isn't mu- and they're complicated so there isn't much nerding out there it's mainly about aesthetics. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking so, of aesthetics. <laughs> so, so how do you feel? So you don't think that um, they look at it for just the uh, the aesthetics, right? They're not trying to. Well, I don't know. Why, why is it that they're, that they're different? Um, it's just I guess if, they are just fundamentally two different things. I guess that's just how it comes down to it. With clothing, there's a. There's a. There's an there's a greater sense of practicality to it. When you buy a jacket, maybe it's not all you consider. I, I still think aesthetics are key here. You have to like the look of that jacket. Right. You have to like the fabric, right. first of all. But but after that, you do consider, is the natural shoulders uh, look more more uh, slouchy, better, more relaxed than than uh, than uh, padded shoulders do, structured uh, uh, like Edward Sexton-style roped shoulders do? Uh you consider that part of it, how it makes you look. Whereas if you try to make any sort of argument with watches, you wouldn't go anywhere because it doesn't make any sense. Wearing this watch over that watch. Wearing, wearing a... Dr- wearing, yeah, wearing a... Uh, wearing a Rolex doesn't make you, as a person, look more casual than if you were wearing a Patek, a Patek Philippe, for example. No one yeah, cares. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, yeah, yes, uh, that's, that's the... Uh, that's that's the difference with clothing. There's a consideration of how that, how you how you look out with the with watches. It's stupid to think of that, so people don't think of that. People just. I mean, mm-hmm. I was about to say, like you know, as I think about it, you know, in that Asian American group that I'm in, I wonder how many of them listen to this. By the way, I don't know if any of them are interested in listening to Style Direction, but it's more so like. It's interesting that they always talk about that, and I'm like, why don't we talk about your fucking like skinny ass pants with your you know caramel colored boots that you got from Amazon or whatever, right? But I mean, it makes sense, right? You're you're kind of more focused on the thing that you see more often. You know, we talk about we talk about this on Squadron, Star Wars Squadrons, where like for me, I spent a lot of my currency on the uh on the skins of my of my starfighters even though i can't see it and spencer has bought a lot of like the knickknacks on the inside because that's what yeah, you be- actually that's see that's what i see yeah. i don't like i don't so, really, yeah i don't yeah. really care so what it's, the it's, outside of my starship looks because i never see it that's actually it's really funny because like yeah that's literally like the fundamental difference that we have here you know but so that that's really um 
been great for bringing it up. You know, I think I'm just that kind of person, which is why at the beginning of this, before we recorded, we kind of agreed this isn't really a debate. It's more so because I mean, there's no way I'm going to convince all just that watches are useless. I don't believe that watches are well, useless. Well, yeah, because but, they are useless. Yeah, because we're not. I agree. They are useless. I just not, like them. Yeah. They're pretty. That's yeah, no, yeah. I think it's just I just I just I'm not as as into them, but I'm sure that there is because now let's move on to what we like. Like I keep saying, I have more watches than Spencer. So, um, like I said, I think I can speak for let's well not speak for us. We literally just said it. We like smaller uh, sizes. Uh, yeah, small sizes. smaller yeah, case sizes size, because uh, because smaller case sizes lend themselves better to the kind of clothes we like tailoring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can definitely say I love. I love uh, if I'm looking at like a dress watch, uh, and by that I mean you can nowadays you can wear anything with a suit. So there's not really a dress watch, you know. But if you think about like the classical sense of it, I definitely like tanks a lot. Maybe that's because they are more common for me to like to find, um, not just on eBay but like in flea markets, um, you know. So I don't really see like round ones, even though the round ones I do like tend to be like the Rolex or Omegas that people like. Um, uh, Arnold Wong wears. I just, I just love that. Um, I definitely like deco style, whatever that is, mm-hmm. whatever that like, whether it's the <laughs> font, right. the the way that they do like the numbers, whatever like the. I'm not. A, I don't know what these terms are, but like you know, like like on the on the on the face, you know that there's like little the tick marks of like you know like the minutes or whatever, like all of that. There's like a particular or style like- from like. Or like you know, yeah. like you find a, like from the 30s and 40s, like a lot of like you know hexagonal or I guess just motif stuff like in there. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. lot of that. Like, like whether whether it's on the face or even in like the case design around it, I like mm. that a lot. There, there are pictures of this in the uh, in the show. Well, my essay that I wrote. Um, but yeah, you guys can talk. Yeah, you listeners can't for a see this, but even just yeah, gesticulating, go. trying to explain numerals is hilarious. On, on, on the, on numerals, the video. that's what they're <laughs> called. That's, that's right. What numerals are. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a watch. I send you. A, I send you a di. I don't remember if I send you a diagram or I just referred to a diagram when you asked me like what a part of a watch was. But there are helpful diagrams out there. Yeah, sub. What is it called? The subface. What do we call it? Yeah, subface. Uh, sub registers. Well, oh yeah, because so, he sure. was asking. He would. He would. I don't know. Like he was just asking. It's like, hey, what do you call those things? Where it's another dial on the dial, and I, I googled it, and someone said subdial. Subdial works too. Yeah, uh, sub registers more okay. credible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like those. Okay, I like those on Deco watches. You know, when they have like the when the minute the minute counter is not like a minute hand. Sorry, it's that's sub seconds. You talking, you're talking about uh, it's like yeah. the trench watch. Are you talking about the trench watch style where it's like the six? Like in place of a six, there's the seconds dial or so. Sub yeah, seconds. But I, I've seen that on like tanks. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that on tanks. Yeah. Um, I do like certain field watches. I don't like modern ones like that, that have like there's too many tick marks on it. I don't know. Like there's just too much <laughs> stuff going on. You know, I, 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 there's like a balance, I think, between like a very like between like a field watch style and like being too minimal. Like I don't like the, like the, like, like the, uh, the young house or the, uh, Nomos. I, I don't like that. That's, that's too plain to me, you know? And I think the Marlin, even though it's plain, um, or like stuff like I think what is isn't the date just kind of plain too you know or some of the grand states it's the are blue navy Caesar watches the Rolex date just it's yeah you know <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like you know I mean I don't I don't know if I would spend that much money on it but like if I had a style of like that you know that was like that I would I wouldn't complain you know but yeah I mean that's kind of what I like from like dress watches let's keep it about dress watches before I talk about like my swatches so. 
Go ahead, go ahead, Aldous. What's that? Uh, Spencer, go first. I'll probably take a while. (laughs) Well, in terms of, I mean, in terms of dress watches, I also, I mean, it's like I have an affinity for like kind of, you know, mid-century watches. One, because super easy to find. And two, because, you know, the watches that I first got for my grandpa, for my grandpa, uh, Mm -hmm. were uh, like mid-century, 50s, 60s. Uh, watches and I thought there was a picture of it deep down on my Instagram. I might have to I might have to go back into Facebook and find it. Um, but I like those. I also I mean I don't know in terms of dress watches. I think I have similar taste to Ethan. Again, we both we both uh, still have a lot of I guess fashion ticks from being into vintage. Yep. So of course we tend you know I, we tended to see a lot of vintage watches a lot. I think they look cool. Something yeah. uh, I like uh is like you i i like uh you see i don't know like the kind of more this is where i'm gonna be struggling to describe it you know on like late 60s and 70s watches where the case is not it's kind of more like streamlined or maybe a little bit more like boxy case you could say c case what was that c case yeah Yeah. there you go c case i i like those i think those look really cool um i don't know if this is like these are dress watches i think some like novelty kind of like atomic looking 50s like hamilton electric watches oh yeah uh, are really cool one thing this is this is the case for uh dress watches and more casual watches the hands i would like them to be uh thin yeah Uh, like the grand the grand seiko that just came out i don't like it because i think the hands are too thick or they're like triangles and i don't think they taper in the right place whatever almost all <laughs> yeah. the watches i like have like very very thin hands yep, um, me too yeah that's it well i mean I, well, I don't really wear a lot of dress watches <laughs> i i like yeah i like the uh the marlin but all the watches i bought in the last couple of years have been more casual right, right. yeah I, I what about you what about you all well just... i wear dress watches basically exclusively or at least well, some of the stuff i have might not have been considered dress watches back in the day kind of like the volcano cricket which probably was more sporty but now it would be considered a dress mm. watch just based on general dimensions uh yeah I, I like dress i i would my ideal watch would be a dress watch um mm. it fundamentally agrees with tailoring more i think and also they tend to be less expensive going back to money again it's not that i hate sports watches and that sports watches are really hyped up now even even elgin divers from the 60s go for five six hundred bucks <laughs> whereas an equivalent El- elgin dress watch from the period would be like a hundred bucks and it would be pretty good um should i just describe i guess like if i had to build my build the yeah, bear my yeah, perfect go ahead, watch, go ahead. Uh, i i'd say my sweet spot for case sizes i think is about 30 to 34 millimeters which would line up most of what was the standard in the 50s uh so mm. let's split the difference, say 32 millimeter case. Uh, strap width for that would probably, logical would be 16, yeah, 16 millimeter, uh, maybe 18 would work. 16, 16 or 18 millimeter strap width. Uh, stainless steel mm. case, and that's my main gripe with American watches, the tanks that you find on eBay and are, are good values for money, but they all have plated gold cases, either rolled gold, uh, uh, rolled gold or gold filled. Those tend to wear off and... Uh, don't really like that. So steel case that mm-hmm. uh, resists corrosion and doesn't uh, wear down over time. Uh, date complications are very useful. <laughs> if anything, I check my watches yeah. more for the date than I do for the actual time, which you can easily get every time you pull your phone out. Uh, phone out will be date two, but uh, uh, 
yeah, usually I, I check it more for the date. So I would like a date complication. Date windows are a bit common, and I more than I personally enjoy more for his fifties sort of aesthetic. So mm-hmm. date complication in the forties and fifties. The date window wasn't is isn't as evocative of the period, although it did exist. So I would go for point of date complication day yeah. days. I have a Ben Roos, uh which has an as is a point of date with a uh, with a uh, day window as well. Uh, so I've said a lot of things, but in summary, thirty two millimeters steel cased a watch automatic. I've thrown it in there uh, with a point of date. With a point of day and date complication, that would be my ideal watch if I could design one. I think, and uh, under under ten millimeters thick, maybe about seven if I could. Seven, six, seven millimeters thick. Yeah, that would fit nicely underneath cuffs and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I that's, mean, there that's you what go. I have. That seems like a. I, I mean, could continue ranting on, like but we're already over time. We need a. Yeah. We need. We need to get a fan artist. We don't have any of those. We need to get a fan artist to draw that watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're listening, call, call out, <laughs> calling yeah. out for our first um, piece of fan art. But before we get to the very last part of it, because I want to ask how you guys wear your watches with like your outfits and everything. Well, do you want to you... talk about casual watches really quick? Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. I was saying we're gonna get there okay. after I talk about my swatches uh, or my what I like. I mean, I don't think I I like swatches inherently. Like I, I'm not like a fanboy for that. I just they're the easiest way for me to find like a novelty watch and i have looked up like vintage novelty watches before unfortunately some of them might be for like children sometimes oh, they would have so been for children really too small they weren't they wouldn't i mean yeah, yeah. they wouldn't have been marketed uh, to adults or they're, they're maybe they're too they're too digital you know like or they're, they're kind of thick like you know like there are some like uh like uh, chuck e cheese watches i think are kind of funny but like you know they're they're like they're literally like they're like thick because like you like they're like a fucking like i don't know like a like an engagement ring case because they like pop out like it's like fucking huge on your on your fucking wrist you know so i don't like i mean i like the idea of it but you know it's kind of hard to find like a a good novelty watch which is why i occasionally look at vintage swatches um you know the art is like very similar to to what i paint uh go ahead one thing about uh vintage novelty watches though that even didn't touch upon uh is because they were marketed primarily to children, they were also pretty shittily built, shoddily built as well. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, very yeah. the cheapest movements possible. Uh, pin pin lever escapements, uh, for the most part, especially the old like the old Mickey Mouse watches that were made by Ingersoll. Uh, pin lever escapements, uh, nickel plate, nickel cases, or just badly placed cases that are now probably dead. Uh, <laughs> Shot through by this point. Yep, I uh, I did get a uh, a watch, vintage like '40s watch that had Donald Duck on it. Stopped working, and the guy was like, "This is shitty, man." And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, it. I know. They weren't meant. I mean, they weren't meant to last, and it, it's impossible to find one that works well as a watch these days. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I'm kind of very sad that you know modern novelty watches don't have the same kind of good taste as novelty watches had back in those days. You know, it's just, there's just something sad about, like, you know, like back then, right? It was just, yeah, it was made shitty, but like, it still looked like, you know, like a, a vintage, like round face, like thirties watch. It just had fucking Mickey Mouse on it. But nowadays Mickey Mouse watch is fucking like thick as hell. It's got fucking G-Shot or it's just, it's just, it's Mickey just is thick as hell. You know, That's was, the uh, quote for the pod. For this episode. There's a quote of the day. I, I, I don't know if it's still there, but for a while, Joyride had like a seventies novelty watch where it was like one of the Mickey Mouse watches where his hands are like pointing at the time. But it was uh, former Vice President Spiro Agnew. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if it was working. I don't think it was working, which is why I probably didn't buy it. But I always kind of was like, 
I could fix this. Spiro Agnew watch. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I I do have I do have a, like a what's it called a Loris, which is like an, like a '90s you know watch you know quartz whatever, yep. um, but it's a goofy watch and it runs backwards. Literally, it runs backwards. <laughs> like the numbers go in the opposite direction and the hands you know so <laughs> if someone goofy. were to ask me yeah it's goofy it's you know it's, it's fun i found out the flea market it was cheap so i was like you know what why not because you know like you know it was like at a time or you know it's like a year ago i i'm fine with adding that to my outfits because my my wardrobe hasn't really changed that much everything has stabilized like i said before I, you know i have i have like the um um the timex snoopy watch that lights up in the dark that's got you know it's red it's got the nato strap which i think about like replacing you know with an actual cool nato strap but it's like eh whatever um and probably my i have a um, i have i do have a swatch that looks pretty you know i'm not decoy but look very classic it just happens to be made of plastic with a faux leather watch band i'm per the previous owner added on got that for like 10 bucks on ebay which is fun um but my absolute favorite watch which i'm glad my small wrists can take is a Dorimon watch that I got at the Haneda airport in Tokyo right before I left. And I had like, I was like, you know, I'm trying to use up all the cash I took out, right? Because I'm like, when I bring this back to US, I'm useless, right? So like, I bought a bunch of like magazines on my way out. I saw they had like a toy watch or like a children's watch. And I'm like, it looks small enough for me to wear. Like it, it, it's huh. small, but big enough. And I bought it. And, you know, it was like 10 bucks or whatever, how much it was. And it's like light. It's like light blue and white. It's got Doraemon all over it. It's fucking great. It's got like red hands, you know, or, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Kind of red handed. Yeah. And that has been like my favorite, like watch to wear because it is literally so, so so subversive and it's aesthetically cool, but it also has a fun story behind it. That lets me, you know, as we talked about before, you know, it'd be cool to find like a, um, you know, if you found like a vintage watch in the wild, supposed to buy it on eBay, like we said, like with Spencer, like w- when we talked about how we buy things, when you know, when you're at a flea market or at, or at a curated store, it makes more, it adds more to that experience than just like, okay, I went to a watch store to buy a watch. Yeah, good job. Just the you find, know? you know. <laughs> yeah, Finding exactly. It. Thrill of the hunt. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys? What do you guys think about novelty watches? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go I, I used to be more. I used to be more into swatches. I've never owned one, but I think around the same time, um, I don't know, maybe after you got your first one or when you, like when I would look at like pictures of, of like Michael Hill or whatever, I'd be like, yeah. oh, I want a swatch. Um, right now, I don't think I, a swatch really would go with my wardrobe. So I haven't uh, thought about buying one in a long time. But as I said before, I still kind of want like a Spiro Agnew watch or something that's a little bit more. I don't know. Oh, I, I think I, I guess... think yeah, a seventies novelty would work better with your style than like a modern yeah, novelty one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I still think you know I can appreciate them from a distance. I guess I still think yeah. that like the clear ones. You know, that's that's the real meme one is the clear ones. But I think they look cool. Um, yeah. I, a lot of yeah. There's a lot of really fun like art style. I search them every once in a while on eBay just yeah. to see. Uh, and I always find some good ones, but you know, yeah. uh, I don't think I'm going to buy a novelty watch anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, what about you all? Just, I know, cause I know, you know, if you're talking about like the Marvel of engineering, I feel like these, these novelty watches don't have the movement that you require or the same amount of mechanical well, stuff. Well, movement I require implies that I have a snootiness saying that I need my movement to be this polished in order to buy it. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's not, but you're right about the movement being an issue. Uh, 
aesthetically okay. novelty watches aren't really me but beyond that yeah. i find it yeah. very difficult to reckon reconcile the fact that these watches uh weren't made to survive so if i find a vintage one it probably will not run on time and will never run on time again um so for those uh, for that reason and also just because these specs don't really agree with me i never really looked into novelty watches or uh had much of an interest in them uh slightly related though uh i have noodled around with the idea of getting company branded watches though uh do you know? Mm, do, do, okay, do, yeah, do, you, do you know what I'm talking? Uh, oh, probably not. I've, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I, like I mean, the it's Rolex like, Domino's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that? That's a that's a famous one. Uh, okay. So the Rolex yeah, 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 yeah. Domino's one. Uh, what that is, it's a Rolex Air King, and the Air King was the entry level model of Rolex for Rolex for a very long time. Companies would buy these in lots, and they would snap their logo on the dial, and they'd give them out to uh, exemplary employees as gifts, I guess. Uh, hmm. All sorts of companies did it. Hamilton, uh, all the Americans companies did it for sure, and uh, Rolex did it with allowed it with their Air King. So yeah, a Rolex, uh, Rolex X Domino's collab uh, is pretty funny, uh, and uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Gotta get that drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah got that Domino's was the, drip. Was the Rolex was the Rolex Supreme collab? Was that like an official? No, thing? that wasn't was official. That a similar uh, thing where they bought. They bought them and then and modified. That was them. modified. Uh, Rolex mm-hmm. is too snu- snussy to do uh, collaborations anymore. Okay. Yeah. Don't, Interesting. This is a different. This is a. I'm not going all on this tangent because it's going to be very long. But Rolex uh, <laughs> has lost its way as a company, in my opinion. They've forgotten who they how they they've forgotten the uh, uh, the character on which they built their fame and fortune on. They're the Brooks Brothers of watches. They're the Brooks Brothers of watches. They. So the sack suit, the, the sack suit makers who don't make sack suits anymore, um, yeah, yeah. No, that sort of thing. Uh, the Supreme Collab is no, it's not official Rolex. But in addition mm. to Domino's, Pan Am, yeah. Pan Am had uh, Air King okay. stats. Uh, okay, with there yeah, Pan Am logo on there, and uh, I don't know about other Rolexes, but El- cheaper price point Elgin in the uh, Elgin in the fifties had a had, had a rather interesting collab. They they. Deliberately cased watches in st- uh, stainless steel for U.S. steel, and they'd have U.S. steel stamped on the dial. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, with uh, unique okay. steel cases uh, that uh, were fitted to models that you would never find in stainless steel otherwise. It's just because it was U.S. steel oh, that's watches. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, they're made that way. So yeah, Elgin Shockmasters uh, U.S. steel versions. So does gotcha. that count as novelty-ish? It's yeah, I sure. Guess, I uh, mean, it's novelty yeah. to you. That makes sense. So novelty adjacent. The last thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the last thing I really quickly want to touch on is, so how do you guys wear your watches? You know, what goes through your mind when you're picking the watch that you're going to wear for that day? If you are, I mean, in my case, if you are even going to wear a watch, because I know you guys wear a watch every day. I don't. Like, I mean, like I said, I have uh, one watch, so it's a very easy to make that decision. And, and you wear it all the time, like for sure. I like, do I do wear it, even if I'm not leaving the house, I just wear it at home. Yeah, so, um, it, so it literally doesn't, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if you're wearing a tailoring outfit or a thing, like, you'll, like, you know, you'll wear it regardless. Yeah, if I, if I had more watches, I mean, I'm sure that I would have a thought process, but I've literally never had more than one working watch at a time. <laughs> so okay. I have never run yeah. into the situation where I'm like, oh, which watch am I going to wear today? Yeah, um, I, um, so I was just going to say that, you know, when I, Watches are the last thing I, I put on before I leave if I'm going to wear one, right? And so it's like my last, you know, even after the hat. And we've talked about hats in the last pod where, you know, 
uh, you know, if it's a, um, if you're gonna wear an ivy outfit, are you gonna subvert it with like a beanie? Are you gonna take take a cap with it? You gonna wear a beret? Like you know how to do that? So like even after that, then it takes it a step further with, okay, now what watch is it gonna be? And mm. I'm, I, thankfully, you know, now that I've gotten kind of a little bit more into it, I've, I've developed a, a very small and very inconsistent watch collection. You know, like if I wanted to lean into like the you know the uh, the tailored vibes, I would wear my you know my Gruen dress watch. Or if I'm gonna do tailoring with an edge. Uh, but still be clean, you know, you wear the DeVille. Um, or you take it a step further, you know, you do the uh, the Goofy watch, right? With Because that, that one's like, you know, very, it's black leather. It's like a silver face case, whatever you want to call it. It just has Goofy on it. It's so like, you know, it, from afar, it, it looks like a classic, you know, silver black leather watch. But, you know, when you get closer, it's it's different. Um, but then more often than not, I just wear like a Dor- my Dorimon watch or my, my white uh, swatch because those are kind of more, more practical in the sense of like if anything happens to it, it's fine, you know, like it's plastic. Yeah. Um, and those kind of more often than not, those kind of play into the vibes. You know, if I'm going to do something silly, I do the Dorimon. If it's going to be more straightforward, but a little bit irreverent, then I'll do the white swatch because the white one is just, it's just white. It's just a plastic white swatch. So it doesn't, it's weird, but it's not like, whoa, you're wearing a fucking thing with Goofy on it, you know? So, which people say to you all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I've worn my goofy watch with uh, with dinner jackets. Um, I've also worn my gold with my dinner jackets. I've worn my Dorimon watch with my Ascot Chang suit. I've worn my Gruen with like a field shirt and uh, and jeans. It's really just kind of all over the place, but it just kind of depends on the mood, you know. Um, so I, I can't really, I, I don't really have much to say about it other than whatever calls out to me the day of i just wear it you know yeah i mean i don't know if i had more watches i think that would be also me uh, be my process like i would probably have i mean i don't know how many watches i'm ever going to have at once i don't think i'm ever going to have more than maybe two or three but it would probably be like how i choose a hat or how you know how i choose all my accessories is i just put them on until i figure out which one i like with it Mm mm-hmm uh, Aldous, what do you have quickly oh, right. before we? Yeah, well, I am a person with ahead. more quickly. watches, and uh, you, yeah, how do you wear it? And uh, yeah, as you, what as you've speculated, and that's pretty much accurate. I don't really have much rhyme or reason for it, as we discussed earlier. I don't really think too much about my watch, about how watches harmonize at my outfit, because they, they really don't. You may not ever see them really. Uh, so I'll just wear a watch for like a week or so, and eventually I'll get a bit tired of it, and I'll just go to the box and just grab another one put that one on really mm. Um, mm. most of my watches are dress watches so there's no real need to consider sport sport versus casual uh, when picking picking them up and uh, I kind of like the subversive nature too of uh, if you have like a Millsurf outfit but you have a dress watch on it's it's mm. uh, I don't know I kind of like that it, it, there's a historical precedent, cool. precedent to that as well because uh, yeah you would see it like you see guys in Vietnam with their Amigas on Amiga Seamasters and that they got it for the graduation and they're just wearing because that's the watch yeah. they have not because they force about whether gmt would be better or submariner would be better no just the uh yeah the watch my dad gave me and i'm wearing it in the field with my m65 huh. in the field yeah. that's cool yeah i mean i guess you know i'm always going to be that the odd guy you know again i try and the way I sound must be crazy. It's like, yeah, Ethan's slouchy, but wait a minute. He has to think about what watch. Well, not think. I don't think hard about which watch, but it's kind of like, you know, 
it's been so internalized that, that th- these micro decisions happen within a split second. You know what I mean? I don't think, I'm sure there are some guys out there who are like carefully calculate, okay, that's my suit watch. That's my sport coat watch. Um, but for me, you know, maybe I do default to certain watches, you know, and I don't want to admit it or something. I don't know. I don't know. Not really a watch guy. I, don't, I, I can't really verbalize these thoughts very well. Well, know? I mean, it's like you default to your white watch in the same way that you default to your white socks, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of makes sense a little bit, you know? And I think mm-hmm. uh, th- this probably won't be the last episode on watches we ever have. I'm sure, you know, we'll revisit this in a year or, or whatever, you know? This is kind of the first time we've officially kind of acknowledged watches, Um on the pod stream. Until and, then, you, you would, if you only listened to this podcast, you wouldn't even know watches yeah. existed. We've officially canonized watches today. <laughs> yeah. This was, yeah. The, this was the day. Um, yeah. But if you guys want to hear or read more about what I think about watches, you guys can read my essay on Speed Expressa. The link is in the description of the episode. Um, and, of course, pictures of what we discuss here will be in there as well. Um, and, uh, Yeah. I think that's kind of it. All this. Do you have any final plug that you want to give us? Your Instagram? Anything you wants to check? Anything you want them to check out? <laughs> well, my Instagram's not 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 much to look are at. You working I mean. on a, a new movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what projects are you here to promote? Uh, God, I don't have a wasted response to that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> indecision. Anyway, my uh, my Instagram, which isn't much to look at, is just my name, oldest not Choi. Interesting stuff I've watched. Oh, let's be really basic bitch here and just say the queen Amitora, bring it back to the original yeah Amitora is great no uh no the go. queen's gambit's a good show on netflix what the fuck right okay and and uh bull of a watch makes an appearance in that in that show oh yeah 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 she, uh, it does and it and does. also uh, yeah i was watching that when when they showed a case back that is actually a bull of a case back that was very pleasing to me mm. because the way because of the uh yeah the codes Jeez. and numbers on that uh it yeah it was a ladies bull of a uh it might have been a bit anachron. Wow. It might have been a bit earlier. Though. It seemed more like a fifties watch than a sixties one, but it's uh, like a mid fifties thing. Anyway, I'm yeah. going off on a wow. tangent here. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you for do. joining us, Aldous. You know, again, if hey, if you guys want to talk to Aldous directly, uh, I mean, Aldous is a student, like like some of the other people in here, so he's not on all the time. If you want to have the opportunity to speak the to him directly, yes, not the guarantee. If you want the, the opportunity to for me to rant at you directly. You can. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. As Kiyoshi and the rest of us know, uh, you guys can uh, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash down direction. Uh, we've had a lot of people, you know, uh, well, pay better than zero because we've never had some before. Better than zero. Um, and, it's, and it's been great, you know, and we've, we've led to the launch of this Discord, which we are currently in. It is, it is, it's a lot of fun. And if you guys like this, you know, you like us, you like all just want to talk to us more often. Join it, contribute to the podcast. It really does go a long way. So maybe we can have some more interviews like this. This is our first interview in a long time, uh, you mm-hmm. know, compared to Young Chomsky. But you know, it's it's been a lot of, it's been really great, and I'm kind of happy that we were able to make this work out. You know, we we told all this about this like like half a year ago. <laughs> we we're like, hey, we're gonna get you on about watches. It's gonna be out before the end of the year. No idea exactly when, but it'll it'll happen. Oh, it came out before the end of um, the year. Look at that! It did. <laughs> look at that. Um, Big ups to our Sadcast fanatics, Seth Peterson, Eric Hall, Austin Malat, Shane Curry, Philip Regard, and Audrey Jessica for being our top tier patrons of our Patreon. I did it right, so fuck off. You did it! Um, uh, follow us on our Twitch, twitch.tv slash downdirection, because we stream on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We'll probably discuss this uh, the Saturday after this comes out, so 
get ready to, to come back for that one. Um, and yeah, I'm Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer DSO. That's my Instagram handle. Those are our, those are our Instagrams. And thank you to MJ and Matt for producing the podcast. Don't get a mic, please. I'll just, I'm going to have you go back to your little corner now. <laughs> and you can't leave. You can't leave. You live here now. <laughs> just like Dan Harmon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.